So it's totally different behavior in my house. So it's a little bit of like ask as many questions as humanly possible <laughs> as far as like everything about the dog, but then also expect the unexpected. Yeah. And then just too. be like, in contact prepare. with the owner about yeah. like what's going on, you know, mm-hmm. um, and adjust it when needed. <laughs> With a Dog Podcast, a podcast for the modern dog parent. I'm your host, Carly, and every Wednesday I bring on pet professionals or some fellow dog parents, and we laugh, learn, and commiserate about everything from the confusing vet visits to dog park etiquette to the 2 a.m. potty breaks. Essentially, life with a dog. Hello, hello, everyone. I'm happy you're here. If you're new, welcome. I'm actually going to kick this off with a few admin announcement things. Actually, it's an announcement to an announcement, (laughs) basically. So I have some exciting things happening on the podcast coming up. One is going to be the 100th episode, which is coming out on March 23rd. So that's in two weeks. And then a few weeks later, I've got the anniversary of the podcast, which is going to be on April 13th. And I really want to celebrate these dates, these momentous podcast events with all of you, because you as the listeners are the support of this podcast. Like, I just, I think of all of you guys as my friends and my community. You know that. I love receiving all your DMs and when you reshare the episodes, when you message me talking about an episode that really meant a lot to you. I love all of it. And you guys know me so well after (laughs) listening to all of these episodes, all hundred of them almost. So I really, really want to celebrate these events with you guys. But that's obviously a little hard since we're all virtual. So keep an eye out on Instagram, Facebook, on the podcast, if you listen to the episodes every week, and on in the podcast show notes. I'm going to have the info for how we're all going to celebrate together. So keep an eye out over the next just couple of weeks. I'm going to announce these virtual events that we're going to have. It's going to be kind of like every Wednesday from the 100th episode to the two-year anniversary. We're going to have some virtual events, and I would love for you guys to join. So that's announcement number one. Number two is that the FYI Friday episodes are back. (laughs) I know I accidentally kind of skipped a few Fridays. We're going to ignore that. We're back into it. And it's actually a really timely episode this Friday because it talks about human food that is toxic to pets. And in today's episode, how her dog got into a bag of grapes and had to be hospitalized. So in the FYI Friday episode coming out this Friday, so just in two days, it's going to be a short 20-minute informational snippet of what human foods are toxic to dogs and why. So it's kind of a little bit more in depth than like everyone knows chocolates are har- chocolate is harmful to dogs. But I do go into like the science of why it is harmful and like what symptoms you can expect, what type of treatment usually is needed, stuff like that. So keep an eye out for the FYI Friday episodes. I'm sorry that I missed a few there. So that's all of our announcements. Moving on, a little life update. I just got back from a ski vacation this past weekend, which was so fun. As many of you know, um, I'm from Sacramento, but live in Seattle right now. 
And Sacramento is not far from Lake Tahoe. And my parents just last year bought a retirement home fixer upper that they've been kind of redoing over this last year in the Lake Tahoe area. But they don't live there full time yet. So of course, I'm like, great. I now have a vacation home in Lake Tahoe. So that's exactly what I did. They were nice enough to let me use it for the weekend. Me and Dog Zaddy and some friends from college went down there and we skied for a couple days, had a good time, drank way too much. I'm still kind of feeling the effects of that part as well as well as the skiing. <laughs> a little sore, a little hungover, but it was a great weekend. And it was actually really interesting because I haven't skied since I was like 13 or so. So as I said, um, grew up not far from Lake Tahoe. My dad is a big skier. And so I learned to ski, you know, as a child and then switched to snowboarding when I was a teenager. And then I hadn't done either most of my 20s because I flat out couldn't afford it. And Dog Zaddy um, doesn't do either either. So it, it kind of just either either. Good thing I have a podcast, guys. Um, <laughs> as I said, still a little hungover. But anyway, yeah, I hadn't done any snow sports for like a decade. And I went back in there and did way better than I thought I would. Not to say that I was going down the like double black diamonds or anything, but I was able to do a lot more of the blue runs and all of that than I thought. So it was a nice little confidence boost for me. I think it was kind of one of those things of, you know, when you hear a song from your youth and you can still remember like all of the lyrics. It was kind of like that. I think there was a decent amount of muscle memory left, which was cool. It was it was nice. It made for an even better weekend. But now I'm back. And you may be wondering, Carly, did you have a dog sitter, a rover.com sitter watch your dogs while you were gone? I did not. I was thinking about it. That would have been very, very perfect for this episode. But it happened that one of my friends and fellow hound mom needed a place to crash for the week right when we were gone. So she watched the house and Albus. It was perfect because her dog, Sadie, so you can go onto her Instagram. It's Sadie Lady the Coon Hound, I believe. Sadie and Albus like basically fell in love. And there's a bunch of cute reels and pictures on her Instagram if you want to check it out. But they're adorable together. And then Lupin, my other dog, was at his grandparents'. And it was really nice. It was really nice to know that both dogs were just like safe and taken care of, which is what today's episode is really all about. It's that idea of what do you do with your dog when you are gone? And how do you feel that peace of mind and safety that you know that your dog is being taken care of well? I have had two episodes about this before that I want to reference really quick. One is it's called Keeping It Professional with Pet Sitter Confessional. So that was interviewing an actual like pet sitting company. And that was back on, God, it was really early. It was episode 18. And then the other one was right after that. And it's called A Very Rare Doggy Daycare with the Downtown Dog Lounge. And that is episode 20. So both of those kind of talk about dog sitting, dog boarding. But as I said, I'm almost to my 100th episode and that was back at 20. So it was high time to bring on someone who could talk about the other you know, another common method of having someone watch your dog, rover.com. I have actually um, been doing Rover these last few months. I've been a dog sitter and it's been really, really fun to one, bring in a little extra cash, but two, have a third dog in the house 
just to bring in a little variety. We are not able to get a third dog at the moment. At least that's what Dog Zaddy tells me. (laughs) But it's nice to have a third dog come in for, you know, a few nights, hang out, and then go back to their home. And so that's why I've been doing it. As I said, also a little extra cash never hurts. But I've been really enjoying it. And as I said, I've only been doing this for a few months, but our guest today, Marion, has been a Rover.com dog sitter for years now. And I think she is the perfect person to talk about this because she is able to give advice on if you want to become a Rover sitter, you know, what's worked for her, what hasn't. And then also, if you're a pet parent looking for a sitter on Rover, what to look for, what questions to ask, what to bring with your dog if you're dropping them off at someone's house, what if you want that person to stay at your house. And if you did ask any questions on the Instagram about Rover, I did like a little question bubble on the stories and a lot of people submitted questions. So if you had a question, all of those are answered in this episode. And another thing that makes this episode so awesome is that Marion is actually local to Seattle. She's another fellow hound mom. And so she and I were able to actually have a live interview in the studio rather than a virtual one, which is what, you know, most of my guests interviews are. So it was super awesome. Um, Her dog Leonard was able to come over. So you'll hear Lupin and Leonard occasionally interrupt the episode in here, which was kind of fun. You know, it, it brought the whole like with a dog part to actually recording with a dog podcast. And quick disclaimer, this episode is not like working with or in compliance with rover.com in any way. This is purely just mine and Marion's personal experience being rover sitters or using rover in the past. So if you want to learn more about the company and how it works, go ahead and just go to their site or reach out to them. As I said, this is all based, this info is all based on our personal experiences. Okay, I hope you guys enjoy. Make sure you follow and subscribe on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to podcasts. Drop a rating if you'd like to. Love a five-star rating. And let's get into it with Marion. So Marion, welcome to the With a Dog podcast. Thank you. Very happy you're here officially in the (laughs) studio. Yes. It's been, I don't think I've interviewed too many actual Seattle people. I think you are the only person besides one person before, Taylor Woods. And Mike, or the dog daddy Mike, are the only people who have actually been interviewed in the studio. In the studio. Wow. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm not really a Seattle person. Like, I can't count myself as a Seattle person, but I do live in Seattle. Yes. So that counts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you live in Seattle, but you're an East Coast. Yeah. Originally, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, speaking of that, if you could just briefly tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself. Sure. Yeah. So I'm originally from the East Coast. My family's from upstate New York. And, um, grew up kind of between there and New England. So if I get really loud or obnoxious, it's because I'm the worst of both worlds. I'm a New England, New Yorker. So it's like <laughs> really bad. Um, but I moved out to Seattle for grad school in 2015. So I've been here mm-hmm. since then and haven't gone back. Okay. I mean, I've gone back for, for visits, but didn't move back yet. Yeah. Um, and uh, I am dog mom to Leonard, who is, uh, he'll be nine in May. He is a hound mix. Um, I don't know his actual DNA mix, but I suspect he's foxhound, possibly Turing Walker, Bassett, mm-hmm. other stuff. 
other stuff. Um, <laughs> King of the world. He yeah. is really basically an 80-pound cat. He's not really a dog. He's just a big jerk who is perpetually embarrassed by me. Who rules your life. Yeah. And, yes, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he um, moved out here with me. We drove cross-country, mm-hmm. moved out here, um, and yeah. I can't believe Leonard's nine. I know. he's. He looks, first of all, he looks so good, but he just still has that, like, no puppy energy to it when he gets excited <laughs> and then other times he's just grumpy man but, yeah 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 you know he's doing really well and i'm i'm i feel pretty good about that i, I mean this past year is when i've sort of noticed some lumps and bumps you know mm-hmm. some some fatty lumps that make me a little sad but he's yeah. otherwise doing great and he does not look his age you know he's got like yeah. a sugar face but um so far the age is not so showing itself in his energy you know or anything yeah. really. so fingers crossed that that keeps going but, yeah no he's know. well and everyone leonard is here right now <laughs> we had both lupin and leonard um in the podcast studio they were laying down being good boys for all of like two minutes <laughs> and then they decided they wanted out <laughs> they were we had the two grumpiest looking dogs in yes. here <laughs> they were both very unhappy to be sitting here <laughs> And so we let them out, and now they're just they're roaming the house. Yeah, and they're good boys. So two independent, strong yeah. independent doggos. Exactly. <laughs> they were done with us. They yeah. were like, "Oh no, I don't want to be stuck in a room." Yeah, I mean, he's with me twenty four seven, so he's really over it, and he's happy to be anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. Well, okay. So on top of being Leonard's mom mm-hmm. and living in Seattle, you also do rover.com you are also a rover sitter yes which is what we're going to talk about today yes how long have you been a rover sitter like how'd you get into it i started sitting for rover before i moved to seattle actually oh i started sitting for rover um so i i like i said i came out here for graduate school in 2015 um in the summer of 2015 early summer of 2015 i quit my job um, to get ready to move cross country and to start grad school. Mm-hmm. And then after like two weeks of fun employment was like, uh oh, I need more cash. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, also was looking for something to do with my time a little bit. And um I decided to look into dog sitting because that was something that I could easily do. I was at the time living with my parents who have a fifty acre farm. Mm-hmm. Um and so plenty of space and you yeah. know, they're both very dog friendly. And so, you know, it was an easy fit for me. Um and kind of happened across Rover. It was still relatively new at yeah. the time. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like yeah, back then. and so there weren't really many Rover sitters in our area. I'm from Ithaca, New York, um, mm-hmm. and there were only like two or three in the area. And okay. so I signed up just thinking that maybe I would give it a try and see if it would work and, you know, started doing okay with it. And I knew that Rover was based in Seattle, so my thought was, I can keep doing this during grad school for some extra yeah. cash while I'm in grad school. Okay. Um, assuming that that will work with my apartment. And yeah. I actually landed in this fantastic living situation where my landlords, um, who live above me, I'm in a mother-in-law unit, wanted a, a tenant who would dog sit for their two dogs. And they were kind of saying, we could do like a dog share thing. And that I was like, wait, I'm most... a rover sitter. Yeah. <laughs> that is the most Seattle thing I think I've ever, it's just like, hey, yeah, we have this spot, but you need to watch our dogs yeah. too. And it's like, <laughs> well, yes, they were hoping I love they it. could find somebody who would be able to watch their dogs because their dogs at the time were a little bit had some behavior issues that you know they couldn't really go elsewhere Mm -hmm. um and so that i think was part of why i got the apartment is i was like i actually actively dog sit yeah (laughs) um 
And so it was great because it meant that they would let me do Rover in my apartment, which is yes. I'm still there. I actually haven't moved. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a big reason why I'm able to continue doing it is yeah. because my landlords are dog friendly and they're they're open to it. Mm-hmm. And we have a fenced backyard and that makes a big difference. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I started doing it back in 2015, uh, kind of just continued it through grad school and You know, as anybody who's listening, if they've ever been to grad school knows, you don't always necessarily get out of grad school (laughs) with more money (laughs) or in a situation where you have a job right away. And so it was a really good way for me to continue doing that. And then it had just at that point become such a part of my day-to-day life that I just kept doing it. And now, you know, it's something where I have so many repeat clients and so many dogs that I've been watching for years that... I just, you know, I like having them. I like seeing them. Yeah. But I also definitely use the extra cash. <laughs> um, so yeah. it's for me, it's it's definitely an income boost, but also just something that I personally really enjoy. And I, th- I think that's the appeal for a lot of people signing up to mm-hmm. do Rover as a sitter is that they just want a little bit of extra cash. Maybe they're a student. Maybe they're a teacher, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they have some extra time on their hands, but they can't take on like a full-time job where they're like going to do like shifts and right. have to show up at this certain time at this yeah. and all that. But they're like, I can host a dog in my home or maybe I can go to someone else's right. house for a few nights and watch their dog. And and I so I think that's the hu- the biggest appeal, especially even I can say in my case as well. So I did um yeah, you just a, started doing it right so i d- yes i just <laughs> dipped my toe into the rover world here in seattle but i also did it in london when we first moved there it wasn't rover there it was called dog buddy rover has since bought them out though yeah i think that was in like 2018 they expanded exactly yeah yes and so i was doing it like 2017 okay and so so they yeah went international like mm-hmm. right then and i got the, i got the little email like we are now you know a under like rover.com and i'm like oh i know what that is so like <laughs> fine and um so yeah so i did it there and it it was really nice because it offered me the opportunity to meet some people while i was there because some of the people that i um met i actually became like friends mm-hmm. with like i was watching their dog yeah. and stuff and then i was like hey i'm also new to the country <laughs> if you want to like get a drink sometime and they were like oh yeah sure and so that was nice i learned like the parks and like the area where I was mm-hmm. walking around. So I started like learning more of my little neighborhood, the city streets and stuff. And then it gave me the flexibility to like adjust to this new country and culture while still like having a little bit of money in my mm-hmm. pocket, not jump into like a, a job right mm-hmm. away, which was nice. So that's what I think. I think for people listening, we are going to cover, we're going to try to cover all aspects <laughs> of Rover, like from the dog parent point of view and from like yeah. the sitter point of view. So um, so hang tight. But I think that's definitely the reason yeah. why it's so appealing to become a sitter or a walker or whatever. I think it's similar to any other like gig economy thing yes. that a lot of people do, you know, like babysitting or driving for Uber or hosting mm-hmm. an Airbnb. I mean, certainly there are people that make this their full time job. Um, I yeah. think for most people that's not sustainable. And I think for a lot of reasons that I'm sure we'll cover, I don't think that that's a great idea, but it really depends on the individual person. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think for for someone who has, you know, a non-traditional schedule mm-hmm. or maybe a half-time job or is in school and therefore has, you know, more time yeah. off, um, it's definitely something that could possibly work. You know, for me, it was 
there was a period of time when I was doing this where I was in the office in my because I work full time mm-hmm. and for the last two years I've been working from home. Um, okay. Twenty. You know, well, yeah. Twenty twenty. Uh, yes. Well, not, yeah. I was gonna say twenty four seven, but I definitely don't work twenty four seven. But you know, for the last two years, I've been working from home forty hours a week, and um, you know, that's made this a very easy thing for me to do. But when I was in the office, and and previously, you know, in the like twenty eighteen to twenty nineteen year, I was doing a lot of after hours events for my job. And okay. it was pretty stressful and actually yeah. hard for me. And and there was a time where I was considering, is this even something I want to keep doing? Because it's just it's causing me more stress than it is enjoyment. Yeah. And I'm not sure if I'm it's working for me anymore. Um so, you know, for someone who has a demanding job where you're out of the house at least 40 hours a week, it may not be the best fit. And that's one yeah. of the things I, you know, you asked me kind of to think about, like, what advice I have for sitters and mm-hmm. stuff. And that's one of the things that I'm I'm happy to talk to. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's let's go into that then, because I think I can definitely speak to that as far as like recently I was planning on, you know, or I started doing Rover again and, um, you know, Dog Zaddy was like, <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> because we've had in the past, you know, we'd watch a dog and it was just like, it seems so easy. And they're like, oh yeah, he's chill. He's great. And then he gets to your house and all of a sudden he's like barfed three times because <laughs> for anxiety. And there's like, you know, he peed in the corner yeah. and like all this stuff. And so it can be very anxiety inducing. Yeah. So yeah. What are the like the negatives? Well, so first of all, sometimes? let me say every, almost every <laughs> pet parent that comes to me says, you know, okay, this dog never has an accident in the house. They never do this. I would say 75% of the dogs, the first thing they do is they poop in the house. Yes. And yeah. and that is, you know, it doesn't matter the dog. It's an anxiety new situation mm-hmm. thing. And yeah. I, you know, I don't hold that against them. It's what happens. And it's yeah. part of why I asked my landlords to put in a uh, hardwood floor instead of carpet because <laughs> I was doing, I had bought a carpet cleaner and was putting a lot of time into that. Yeah. But no, it's just dogs when they come into your home are going to behave differently than they do at home. And that's something that you need to expect and you need to prep the client for is that they will not behave as they do at home because yeah. they're nervous or they're excited. It's a new place. They're just going to respond differently. Yeah. Um. So I guess for negatives, um. You know, I, I've had a really good experience with mm-hmm. Rover. I've only had a couple of instances where I've been really frustrated or um, something's gone wrong, yeah. <laughs> um, which I guess I, I can talk about it. You know, I don't hide anything. But, um, you know, the I think the biggest negative experience I had was it was a my fault situation. You know, oh, really? it was a mistake yeah. that I made where I, Leonard, behaved in a way I wasn't expecting. Um mm-hmm. And he, st- I had accidentally, I'd been putting groceries away, I had accidentally left a bag of grapes out. Mm-hmm. He took them off the counter, which he never does. Yeah. And he and the lab that I was watching at the time both ate, ate this grape. pound yeah. of grapes. Yeah. And so then I had to go through, you know, dealing with the emergency room for both dogs who were both in the ER for a couple of days. You know, Leonard yeah. had eaten the majority of them. He was in worse condition. Um, but this is actually why I stay with Rover uh, is for mm-hmm. the insurance. Okay, that's Be- what I was going to say yeah. is because while the dog was in your care, Rover insures. Mm-hmm. And and that dog actually, you know, and, and I have to say, I, this is fresh in my mind because I actually just had that dog back and I thought I'd never see these people again. You know, they yeah. were very understanding and very kind to me. Um, you know, I knew there was nothing I could do to fix the situation, but... Mm-hmm. 
Um, I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm sure that's the last time I will watch your dog, and I understand. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, two years later, they just came back, and I and I just watched their dog again, and I was really um, happy to get the chance to have him back because he's mm-hmm. a wonderful dog. But he's a lab, right? And so they were like, listen, yeah. he's eaten like wall paste before. <laughs> you know, like we have insurance for him. But for me, it was really good to know that I could just take him to the ER. Yeah. And that I didn't have to worry about anything yes. because Rover would cover it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so that – like, there have been a couple of negative experiences. I once went to meet a dog. This was in Ithaca. Mm-hmm. That the people wanted me to come and do drop-in visits with this dog. Um, and they had told me, like, he's a pretty anxious dog. He barks a lot at new people. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we want to, like, get you well acquainted with him ahead of time because it can be a scary bark. They totally misrepresented the dog. Okay. They had him – at the door when they opened it and he bit me oh and he bit me and drew blood yeah um and i you know tried really hard to get them to uh connect them with somebody who had uh experience dealing with dogs that have Mm -hmm. that kind of fearful aggression because i said you know you're really lucky that it was me that this dog bit because i'm not going to respond in a way that's going to endanger your dog but Mm -hmm. you can't have a dog doing this to people yeah (laughs) and you need to be honest about what your dog's behaviors are yeah um, so I've had a couple of experiences. Did that have they been... follow your recommendation? No, they did not. And okay, I... that was gonna. That was actually a question that I kind of was gonna have. Is that as you're watching these dogs and you see either potential like health issues, mm-hmm. maybe nothing like fatal health issue, but like maybe the dog is like severely obese or something, mm-hmm. or maybe the dog has like a behavior that's concerning. Maybe not so far as like actually biting, but like some kind of behavior. Mm-hmm. Do you say something? Yes. To these parents. I do. So, and this is, I mean, I guess, so we we started off with the negatives, which maybe is yeah, not yeah. what well, we should. <laughs> well, it's not negatives. It's just like, like real life experiences. Yeah. Of, well, so yeah. what? here's what I, you know, because I wrote, I, I did my little, you know, like made notes for myself. But yeah. I guess what I would kind of my, one of my top suggestions for mm-hmm. anybody who wants to be a rover sitter is to be very, very, very honest and open in your communication okay. about everything. Yeah. It's better for you. It's better for the client. So, mm-hmm. you know, I I ask a ton of questions of people when they when I meet them and when I meet their dogs because mm-hmm. I want to know any possible situation that might arise, anything that, you know, I should be looking out for if their dog has a weird behavior. I mean, I had one dog yeah. once <laughs> that was this big, beautiful, you know, cuddly, wonderful pit bull. He was mm-hmm. so huge, this big, big guy. His <laughs> name was Darwin, and he was just this big love bug. <laughs> and the this was at my, again, in Ithaca, at my parents' house. And this couple came and dropped him off. They said, we're going to get married, and, you know, he's going to stay with you while we're doing our whole wedding thing. Yeah. And they left, and he was great. And he got in this chair in my parents' living room, and he wouldn't leave the chair. And I thought he was just anxious because they were gone. And so I finally yeah. coaxed him outside and then he wouldn't come back inside. And I couldn't figure this dog out. And he would just sit in this chair for like the first day. He wouldn't get out. He wouldn't, you know, it was like we had to basically carry him in and out of the house. Yeah. And I texted them and I was like, I don't know if this is like a common behavior he has. Mm-hmm. Like, how do I, like, is there something I can do that will help yeah. him with his anxiety? Because I, I'm really like. He's, well, because it stresses you he's out really if the unhappy. dog is obviously unhappy. Yeah, I was like, he's really care. unhappy and I, yeah. I don't want him to be this upset. And they went, oh, my God, oh, my God, we forgot to tell you. He's afraid of shiny floors. <laughs> and my parents' entire house is hardwood. <laughs> so we put towels down and he was like, okay, here I am. I'm happy to, like, move around now. <laughs> the poor dog just was like, oh, the floor is lava. Like, oh, I don't yeah. want to get down. <laughs> That's so cute. But, yes, okay, exactly. It's like those little quirks. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> you heard a dog. Yeah. I'm like, what are they getting into? I don't think. 
Lupin has had um, issues getting up on the counter lately. <gasps> Let me go. I know. Naughty dogs. You lay down, Bubba. Take a spot. Oh, hi! Okay, you're gonna take that? <laughs> Take that and leave. He's gonna take the towel, and he's gonna look at it. Yeah, you're silly. Go ahead. Go on. Loopy, what's your plan? You're out. You're out. You're out. Go on. We're probably gonna. If we do hear thumping, a lot of it's probably Leonard dropping that towel, thinking that there's stuff in it, because that's how he does treat toys. He drops them, and then to get stuff out. Yeah. Okay. Just making sure. All right, we're back. Um, what were you saying? The quirks. The yeah. quirks about the dogs. Yes, because there's all of these quirks about your own dog that you need to convey to the sitter, but you probably forgot. Mm-hmm. And the vice versa. Like, as a sitter, you don't think to ask right. all these things. And that that's what, like, I think a lot of people are worried about. Like, oh, they don't know my dog. Right. Kind of thing. So, I mean, I say my advice there is to be as thorough as possible Mm -hmm. at every step of the way, right? So like my rover profile is long (laughs) because I want people to first of all know who I am and why I'm doing this. But I also, oh, hello, Lupin. I didn't close it all the way, did I, bud? And hello, Leonard. we got both of them. (laughs) That was my fault. I didn't close it. You need to lay down, Bubba. All right, go lie down, Lay down. Go to your bed. Um, Okay. You were saying be as thorough as possible. Yeah, be as thorough as possible. I mean, so my rover profile is long because I want people to know everything about me and why I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also ask, you know, I I tell them in my profile, like, tell me everything about your dog. I want to know your dog's routine. I want to know their quirks. I want to know, you know, what their, you know, how they behave on a leash, how they behave off leash, how they behave with other dogs, how they behave when they run into kids, how they, Mm -hmm. you know, all of these things that you're going to encounter. Yeah. Um, And I also kind of reiterate these questions when I do a meet and greet with people because, yeah. you know, these things, they, they come up. You never, there's always something unexpected. Mm-hmm. And and the benefit of having, you know, repeat customers is that you get to know the dogs over time. And so then, you know, you get yeah. used to their mannerisms and what they're going to do. Um, but I think it's really important as the sitter to ask questions as well. I think, yeah. you know, clients will always ask questions, but I think it's really important for you to get as much information as you need to be successful. Okay. Like, you know, even things like, does your dog resource guard? You know, the yes. thing that I ask yeah. all the time is, does your dog tear up soft toys? Because mm-hmm. Leonard doesn't, and he has all these toys that he loves, his watermelon toy, for example, yes. that he's had for five years you know Mm -hmm. that he just carries them around so if i know a dog is coming over that shreds i put those toys away and i get out different toys for them to play with okay or you know if i know like this dog cannot be in a crate because if he's in a crate he's gonna freak the fuck out and Mm -hmm. he's gonna destroy a bunch of stuff yeah then i know okay i don't crate that dog i can put the dog in a room but i can't put him in a crate you know things like that um and some of that stuff you just learn over time like that dog i was just talking about uh his owner crates him at home Okay. I cannot crate him. If I crate him, he destroys anything that he can reach. Interesting. He okay. will pull blankets through the crate. He will kick the he mm-hmm. will kick the base out of the crate. He'll <laughs> shred an entire bed. I mean, I cannot crate him. Yeah. But he doesn't misbehave if he's out of the crate with me. So it's totally different behavior in my house. So it's a little bit of like ask as many questions as humanly possible <laughs> as far as like everything about the dog, but then also expect the unexpected. Yeah. And then just be in contact with the owner about, like, what's going on, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and adjust when needed. So maybe it's kind of a red flag if if you're meeting with – like, if you're a dog parent and you're meeting with a sitter and they don't ask anything about the dog. If they're just like, yeah, it'd be fine. Like, he'll just be in my room with me. Like, cool. 
And maybe also the opposite is the case. If you're a sitter and you're asking all the questions and maybe the dog parents like, they're fine, whatever you throw, like, they'll, <laughs> yeah, crate them or not, or do this or not. And it's like, maybe not red flag, maybe like yellow flag. Like, Yeah, like, I would mm. say I haven't really had, except for the dog that bit me, I haven't really had any red flag. Yeah. Um, clients i i've had dogs where i'm like this is not what i thought i was getting yeah but i've really only had one other dog where i've said i don't think this is a great fit yeah um and otherwise i've you know i just have been able to adjust easily to the dogs Mm -hmm. but i also want to point out you know so there's a lot of different ways you can do rover as a sitter yeah i only sit in my home Mm -hmm. um I also only sit around my home all the time. (laughs) (laughs) It's just what I do. Um, No, I I started out doing in-home stuff with other people. I would go and stay at their houses because I think that's kind of the easier way to get started. Mm -hmm. Um, But now where I live, because I have Leonard and because, you know, I have another job and stuff, it's just for me, it's better to just have people come to me. But then there are people who only really do dog walking or they only do drop-in yeah. visits. Um, yeah. I also do drop-in visits, which um, are kind of nice for some, you know, if you just yeah. like, you know, need a quick, like when people just need like a quick, I do it for cats, actually, drop-in visits for cats. And those mm-hmm. I actually really enjoy because <laughs> cats are so much easier in general. You go yeah. in and you're like, oh, you just want me to like sit here? Yeah. <laughs> I'll just and, like, sit here and like pet you. Yeah. And, I'll just yeah. like hang out while you're here and... Uh, <laughs> you know, clean your litter box and then yeah. you're good. You just want me around. Like this cat is just like, you're in the room. All right, good. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to pick up your poop. Great. Um, but so there's so many different ways to do Rover. And yeah. I think that, why did I start talking about this? Um, I think just like the red flags, the negatives, the like. Yeah. You know, so you I think it's important to, you, to, you know, think about why you want to do it. What is your motivation for doing it and what fits your lifestyle? So for me, I already have a dog. Mm -hmm. So adding another dog into my routine is actually not that difficult. Yeah. Because we're already getting up and going out. We're already getting up to feed. We're already going on walks or Mm -hmm. to the dog park or out in the backyard to play. That stuff's already happening in my daily routine. Yeah. So it's easy to fit another one in. Um. For someone maybe who doesn't have a dog, that's going to be a much bigger adjustment to your life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think you got to think about, like, what are your limits? What are you really capable of handling? Yeah. And why are you doing it? You know, are you just doing it because you want some dogs in your life, which is a great reason to do it. If you don't have a dog, like, doing yeah. a rover might be a great way to get that interaction. Yeah. If you're doing it for some extra money, you know, what are your goals? What are you willing mm-hmm. to take on? Um, I know it's not, like, extra money that is zero work. Like they're still right. Yeah, oh, it's like absolutely. You're still working. For I'll tell them. you, yeah. I probably have dogs 300 days of the year, 250 to 300 days of the year. Yeah. I have dogs much more often than I don't have dogs, and that's a choice that I have made because you know it really limits my freedom to travel on the weekends or yeah. you know go, I I almost always for for holidays, not the main ones like Christmas, but you know Memorial Day, I'm mm-hmm. almost always here. People are always bringing their dogs to me. Like I'm around. Yeah. Um. But it does really limit my ability to go and do stuff with my friends, you know, go camping and and stuff like that. So you have to think about what really is going to work for you and why you want to do it. Um, The other thing is, I think I saw one of the questions that you had sent me that somebody asked was about, you know, um, people taking just your dog or more than one dog. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I think 
again, it really depends on the individual. But yeah. like I, for example, try really hard not to double book dogs. Okay. Um, partly because I have a small space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, you know, a lot of dogs is a lot of dogs. <laughs> but also partly because um, it's just once you get above, like, okay, two dogs, it just gets harder. <laughs> and it just yeah. adds a lot more work. And and most people want their dog to get that really individualized attention. And I like to give that. Mm-hmm. That said, at this point, I've been doing this now for seven years. Mm-hmm. I have dogs that I've been watching for years and years. And I know them. And I know confidently this dog will be perfectly fine if I bring anybody you else do in another here. one. Yeah. Yeah. Or this dog really is just too much, you know, mm-hmm. too much energy, too much work for me. I cannot watch other dogs while I have this dog. Yeah. But sometimes they overlap by a day or two, you know, and yeah. I can make it work. Yeah. And then sometimes I end up and I have four additional dogs in my house <laughs> and I'm like an insane lady. I look like mm-hmm. the cat lady from The Simpsons. You know, I have dogs <laughs> falling out of my jacket and my hair is a mess and I'm just like, ah! <laughs> and, I, and that's when, you know, it really becomes like, oh, this is too much for me. I can't handle yeah. this. Um, but that's something that like, you know, somebody who's looking for a rover sitter, you can suss that out when you go mm-hmm. and do a meet and greet. And that's another piece of my advice is yeah. always, 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 always do a meet and greet. Do a meet and greet. Okay. So at the meet and greet, what should that look like? Should it be like at your place? If if the dog is coming there, are you meeting at like a park? What questions so should that, be So that, again, like, depends on the individual, but I always recommend doing it at my house. Okay. I want the client to see where I am to see where I live so that they are not surprised by anything. They feel perfectly comfortable with my setup. I want them to see where their dog's going to be, if it works for their dog, mm-hmm. you know, see my backyard, see where I live. Just make sure that it all feels okay to them to yeah. meet me where I am, to see that I am <laughs> the person I say that I am, mm-hmm. and to introduce the dogs, of course, to make sure the dogs get along. Yeah. Um, I have done some meet and greets that are not at my house just for reasons of like, okay, they can't get there for some reason or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I always recommend my house. Okay. That's that's good info for me because I've <laughs> been meeting people like at local parks or something mm-hmm. that's like – because I felt guilty for having them come to my place. But that's also – I think I'm having a little bit of like – when I first started – when I first signed up for Rover, I was having a little like imposter syndrome <laughs> of like – Oh, well, you know, and so, but then you're, I was clicking through, like, creating my profile as a sitter, and it's like, can you give medication? Yeah. Can you handle any size dog? Yeah. You know, and it's like, can you handle, like, if they, you know, need to be separated at mealtimes? And I'm like, yeah. You know, like, and so I'm mm-hmm. like, check, check, check. And so I think I set my prices a little too low mm-hmm. because because Seattle's expensive. So I was trying not to, you know, gatekeep anyone from like ha- getting to being able to go on vacation mm-hmm. and because I know how expensive that mm-hmm. is. But then I got like a flood of inquiries <laughs> and I was like, oh, OK, maybe the price is a little too low. And, and so I had to raise it a little bit. And I all the meet and greets I set up were like I traveled to them. And right. And Mike was like, so- Carly. You need to yeah. Like, so here's you can't the thing. be catering only to them constantly. Right. Yeah. So this is you know this is where again as a sitter and I, I like that we're kind of just weaving in sitter and client. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> advice. I I I had kind of like categories written down for myself to talk about each, but this is something that I really try hard to remember for myself is to mm-hmm. set boundaries and that I'm in control of the situation. Right. Yeah. You are not. You are providing a service. You do not have to be at the whim of every person who wants you to do something. Yes. Um, yeah. 
I also have low prices. And that's mm-hmm. a that's again, that's a choice that yeah. I have made. Seattle, I think the last time I looked, uh, and you might know better than me because you just did this recently, but like the average rate, nightly rate here was like seventy five yes, or eighty dollars or something. Say. It was like seventy a night and I was like Which is insane. That's insane. I was like, And I the couldn't... thing is people here will pay it because there's a lot of tech folks and people with a lot of money in Seattle. Mm-hmm. I don't charge anywhere near that. Yeah. Um, and, and I do that for a reason. I do not want to gatekeep. I do not want to price people out because yeah. I can't afford my own services. Yes. Um, I have raised my prices since I come, came to Seattle, but I really want to keep it accessible. Um, and, you know, I have friends that are like, Marion, you know, what are you doing? <laughs> you take people's dogs on, you know, hiking trips. You go yeah. to the dog park three times a week. You know, you do all these things that you really should. You give them baths. You do that. You know, you should be charging mm-hmm. a lot more. And I could. But to me, it's not it's not as big a deal. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, that's something to consider as well. It's like, again, what is the goal of this for you? Yeah. I certainly could charge more. And I think most of my clients would not really bat an eye if I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't want yeah. to do that. But again, you as the sitter have control. You can say no. Yes. And I think that's really important to remember that you can say no to requests. And I struggle with that because I have all these repeat clients. And I'm like, I love their dog. Yes. I want to have their dog over. And I've, in the last like year or so, gotten a lot better about saying, I am busy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have another dog. I can't take them this time. Yeah. And you know what? That's fine. They still come back to me later. And also, this is the big thing for me. They're not mad at me, yes. shockingly. <laughs> exactly. That's the thing. I think I was thinking at it from the angle of a pet parent like I was like oh yeah I'd love it if they came to me or met me at a local park near me you know so I was thinking of it that way not as a I'm now a sitter and I am providing a service and I need to create boundaries and they can come mm-hmm. to my house for the meet and greet and well, you know and, and think, it benefits them as you said right they get to see where I think there's a reason for them coming to you I yeah. mean if there's a reason that you need to meet in a park that's fine and for yeah. some people maybe that makes them more comfortable they don't want people to know where they live but they're gonna know where you live because they got to drop their dog off there yeah but I think that it is actually part of the process is them knowing you know I know a lot of people have concerns about like how do I know this person is who they say they are how mm-hmm. do I know they're gonna actually take good care of my dog I think that's a big part of the trust is showing yeah. where you live showing where their dog will be um, you know, mm-hmm. and and giving them access to that so that they feel comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's really good. I think the point about like like the advice about having like you are in control of your schedule and creating those boundaries and stuff and not to the detriment of the pet parent as you said, you know, like they still come back to you and everything, but more just for your own sanity and so you can continue sitting and make mm-hmm. this money and everything because that that's kind of what I learned within the first month. I was like, okay, I got like a flood of requests and I was like, that's great, you know, and it, and it's been all good, you know, good vibes since then and everything. But um, I blocked off my calendar. I, I So yeah. I have one sitting thing a month. Like, yeah. and, and then I blocked it off otherwise. Like all the other weeks I was like, I'm not available. It so I have be... like one a month and then and that's all I can handle right now. It can be really easy to overschedule yourself. Yeah. And that's something that I have had. You know, when like times get tight, you know, I tend to be more apt to just take on too much. Yeah. And so, you know, I've had times where it's like, okay, I'm watching two dogs in my house. I have two drop-ins on dogs and Mm -hmm. I have two cat drop-ins and it becomes like too much for me and it's just too much 
You know, I'm yeah. not giving as much attention as I should be. And and I realize that. And so then I have to kind of reassess and say, okay, what's the, you know, yeah. what, where, where can I say no to things? Yeah. Because that it's, it's easy for it to get out of hand, especially if you're doing it for extra cash, right? Because mm-hmm. the, the tendency is, I think, for most people to be like, okay, I'll take that and I'll take that and I'll say yes to that and I'll say yes to that. And you yeah. have to be really realistic about what are your, what um, can you do? What can yeah. you do, you yeah. know, without overextending yourself and while still enjoying it. Yeah. Yes, that's a thing. You want it to be enjoyable. Okay, so now I think we've covered like most of the sitter things. Do you have any other like burning advice? Well, I things? saw again you sent me the questions that people yeah. had submitted um on Instagram and you know, I know there were some kind of practical questions about things like what is the cut that Rover takes. And so yes. I was like yeah, doing yeah. some research. Yeah, go, yeah. And that one actually surprised me because like I said earlier, I got in pretty early to Rover. And mm-hmm. so I didn't realize that I have been grandfathered into an earlier Yes. Yeah, an earlier percentage yeah. cut. So for me, and this is part of why I stay with Rover, is they take fifteen percent, which, mm-hmm. you know, is still a good chunk, but for the I pet insurance and for the pet insurance the, you and everything. Have the app and it's all yeah. yeah. I love that this that it schedules things for me and I don't have to kind of I do wish mm-hmm. it like talked to my Google Calendar because <laughs> then be I have cool. to yes. put things into my Google Calendar. And maybe there is a way that it does that. And I just at this point, I've been doing it for so long that I'm not privy to some of the updates. Like I yeah. just do it the way I do it. But um, I guess now it's 20 percent, which yeah. is a big cut. And I and I understand that for some people that might be, um, you know, a tipping point. Yeah. I have repeat clients that come to me and they're like, hey, if you don't want to like if you want to go under the table with this. Mm-hmm. We can do that. You know? Yes. Yeah. But I, I usually tell them, let's just like continue doing it because of the insurance, just in case, just to be safe. And just for everyone listening, my episode, Biggest Pet Parenting Mistakes, that was one of my mistakes. We left Lupin with a sitter who we had booked through Dog Buddy, which is now Rover, whatever, in London. And at, and then at one point, we didn't book through. Mm. We were, I was like, oh, let me just pay you. And she was like, okay, cool. And then that is when he had the medical issue, right. which we paid out of pocket Ugh. for. So, so yeah. I really like, yeah, the the whole thing that there is insurance covered, I mean, as you said. Like if they the take great, a cut, yeah, it that's is what the thing it is, with insurance, but... right? Is like you don't need it until you need it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So that that piece, I think, you know, for me, it's a bi- it's a big reason for staying with Rover. But mm-hmm. I understand if it for other people it becomes burdensome. Yeah. Um. The other thing I saw people ask about was taxes. Yes. Yeah. And so Rover is not actually your employer. You are an independent contractor. They're kind of the mm-hmm. broker for the service. So they do not provide you with a 1099 for your taxes. You actually have to file, you know, yourself. You have to keep track of yeah. stuff yourself. Um, like any other independent contractor, mm-hmm. which is a pain. And I always yeah. end up paying in taxes at the end <laughs> of the year, which is really annoying. I should be mm-hmm. doing it quarterly. Um, so if anybody who's a tax person is listening, you know, like I, I'm working on getting that together. But <laughs> yeah, you know, you can write you can um, you know, record your business expenses. So mm-hmm. I think if it's something that you're gonna be doing um as consistently as I do, you know, you definitely can get better organized (laughs) yeah um this is one of my goals for this year is to really get better organized with my rover stuff but Mm -hmm. um it is your responsibility as an independent contractor which is kind of annoying Mm -hmm. um although they did just switch their payment platform so it used to be that you would get paid there were two different ways you could actually get a physical check i think um or get paid through paypal which is how i was getting paid and so then yeah it would show up in your paypal account like two days later after the city after the you know session ends mm-hmm. and then you transfer it from your paypal to your account yeah and now it's like an immediate um they, stripe 
now? Yes. I, I want to say. Stripe. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So now it's like it just shows up in my bank account, which yes. is kind of nice. Which is nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For sure. Um, but yeah, so that that piece of it, you know, you, you do have to be kind of on top of things. Yes. Um, and I think another one of those questions, just talking on the logistics, someone asked, can the reviews that like uh, there's a bunch of reviews on you as a sitter, mm-hmm. can those be trusted or can you get those removed? Mm. Yeah, that is a good question. And that's something that I had to look up because yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't thankfully see have not been in a situation where I've had to remove a bad review yeah. um, or had to contest a bad review. I am a very good dog sitter. <laughs> so I only have good reviews. Um, <laughs> but in looking this up, what I found was you can, contest, you, can you know, say like, because sometimes people will, you know, there are... Just like there are bad dog sitters, there are bad clients, you know, who will say, you know, well, your house was too small or something. And like, that's not a fair review. And so you as a sitter can write to Rover and say, I can test this review. This isn't accurate or fair. Um, But I don't think that there's a way as a sitter to say, don't show this review. There is not. Um, I do think that, you know, the Rover algorithm wants to highlight good reviews and they want to highlight sitters who have five star ratings and Mm -hmm. things. So they may not show up as prominently just yeah. like when you're looking at an airbnb you know you might have to dig through for the negative reviews to see what people didn't like yes um yeah. as a sitter you can change or delete a review that you post so for example mm. i did have somebody once give me a four star instead of a five star review it's the only mm-hmm. not five star review i've <laughs> ever had by the way yeah and i wrote to him and i said you know can i just ask like why you left me four instead four of five instead of, stars. Yeah. I'm just curious if there was something I did or said. Yeah. And he went, oh, sorry. You know, honestly, it was just your place was smaller than I was expecting. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay. And he said, but in retrospect, that's not really a fair <laughs> reason yeah. to dock you yeah, yeah. a star. So I'll change it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he so went through. So you can respond to You can reviews. respond to reviews. Yeah. yeah. Um, and now there's a nice function that they just added in the last, I want to say, like five or six months, which is um, they people can add tips. Uh-oh, right. Lupin farted. Lupin is, Lupin is over here stinking up the place, <laughs> as, as per usual. Stinker. <laughs> but yeah, um, people can now add tips after yes. um, after the sitting ends, mm-hmm. which is really nice, you know, especially for someone like me yeah. who does kind of undercharge. Um, yeah. And, you know, not everybody does, but some people do. and. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely beats the previous method where I would have people handing me wads of cash. And I had, I probably shouldn't say this, but I have a mug of cash that sits in my yeah. house. <laughs> where I have, you know, ran, or, yeah. or I'd get like random things as tips, like, you know, like a wine bottle or mm-hmm. like weird dish towels or, th- you know, I, yeah. I've gotten a lot of weird tips from people, you know, yeah. when they've gone, they've traveled somewhere and they bring me back something. Oh, that's but sweet. It is yeah. very it's sweet. sweet. It's that really they think thoughtful. Yeah. Um, but it's nice to get the tip in it's cash It's nice form. to get the cash. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, okay. That was going to be actually, I was thinking about this the other day because I watched one dog and they tipped me on the app mm-hmm. and then I watched another dog and they tipped me with cash at mm-hmm. the end. And I was like, oh. Does Rover take a cut of our tip? No, they don't okay. take a cut of the tip. 100% of the tip so. goes to the okay. sitter. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you're the, the dog parent. It doesn't matter if you tip on the app or on right. cash. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. It um, is always nice to have cash in hand, though. 
It is nice to have that. It is, yeah. That but... 20 when you need it, you know, like, or whatever. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, so those are kind of the newer things that, that they're doing okay. with the app. But I have to admit I'm not as – because I don't go in very often and update things, I'm not as, like, up to date on what changes have been since I started. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I know that they have a dog walking – function now that's more similar to I guess wag and yes like the kind of yeah. on demand walking you but- can you can show that like the activity like you know took Lupin for a walk he pooped and mm-hmm. he you know and we went for this long of a walk like right. and they can even like show like the little map of where right you went and I think and- you can book like recurring dog walks now yes. somebody's like I want you to walk my dog three times a week and they can book that mm-hmm. um so there's a lot of different options a lot of different ways to yeah. use it um and the other thing I think people are asking about, and I know this is a big question, is like, mm-hmm. how do you know that this person's going to be trustworthy? Yes. Um, Rover does still do, and they did when I signed up, background checks. You can yes. ask them to do a background check on you. They did They did one on me when I yeah. signed up. Yeah. And, and they were so like, you can get like yeah. a verified background check on you. But I would say, just mm-hmm. like with Airbnb, Uber, you know, mm-hmm. any of these gig apps where somebody is, you know, they've got a profile and they're providing a service. It is really up to the person using it to be vigilant and to vet as best yeah. they can. So this is where, again, asking all these questions, going to visit their home, you know, mm-hmm. really gathering as much information in advance as you can is the best way yeah. to kind of set yourself up for success that way. And mm-hmm. I think also it's okay to, like, ask for references if you want to. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, as a sitter, would not be offended if somebody did that. And yes. I would feel confident saying certainly here are some people you can call yeah and they will tell you you know i i would not have a problem providing that information and if somebody mm-hmm. did that's a red flag yes yeah i think i think if someone yeah refused to offer yeah references or more information mm-hmm. about themselves that could be verifiable like i think like for me on my description i put down that I, you know, worked at like vet offices and, you know, shelters and stuff. And I had worked in the pet industry. And I think if someone asked me and was like, oh, like, where did you work? Can I verify that mm-hmm. or something? I'd be like, of course, you know, here are the names of the places or here's my LinkedIn mm-hmm. or like whatever. And or like, here's my dog podcast. You know, you can tell right. I'm not, you know, <laughs> just like completely novice. And I think that would completely make sense if the dog parent asked me that. Basically, if they are staying in your home or you are letting their dog, your dog, like, stay with them, mm-hmm. I think it's completely fair for you to do as much verification as you Absolutely. need. I mean, don't be, like, calling their mom, but, yeah, like, I, bet, I mean, but also, like, here's my non's number. And like, I think, <laughs> you know, listen, like, I know that there are a lot of not a lot. I know that there are numerous instances where things have gone really badly yes. with Rover and just absolutely tragic yeah. and deplorable <laughs> ways that that people have handled situations mm-hmm. and treated dogs with Rover. And of course, those get a lot of press. Yeah. Um, overwhelmingly, experiences that people have had with Rover are positive. Yes. And, and I have been in situations where, you know, people have been really almost aggressive towards me as a rover sitter you know when Mm -hmm. they find out and they want to rail against rover at me and and i get that and i don't hold that against them at all because Mm -hmm. i know how i would feel if something were to happen yes um that said like any other service you are assuming some risk as a pet parent Mm -hmm. leaving your pet with somebody else yeah i have had very negative experiences leaving my pet at the vet you know Mm -hmm. i've had really bad experiences leaving my pet with friends, you know, it's like 
Yeah. Even if you are very confident with the, you know, like, again, at the vet, like we left our family St. Bernard with his vet mm-hmm. and they did not realize that he had had like he, he had a, a hemangiosarcoma and he had had an internal bleed and he basically came home paralyzed oh. from the vet. Yeah. You know, I mean, these are things that like they can happen. Mm-hmm. And and you do assume some risk when you are just like if you're a parent leaving your kid with a babysitter, like you mm-hmm. you are trusting this person and so you're gonna need to do your research ahead of time yeah um so there is some onus on the pet owner there i think but as a sitter you can be as transparent and honest and open as possible to to set people at ease and to show them that you're trustworthy yes and i think it's also one of those things speaking from the pet parent point of view if you do go to their house for the meet and greet and there's something you see that you don't like or you're like actually i'm not comfortable with this or whatever then peace out. Like right. it's it's not it like you don't owe them anything at right. this point. It you can say like thanks so much for meeting with me. Actually, I've decided you know exactly so and so may not be a right fit and whatever. And go and it's whatever. fair for you as a pet parent to show up and say I'm talking to multiple people. I'm doing other meet and greets. Mm-hmm. I have people tell me that all the time. Yeah, and you know, and I know that, and then I'm not offended. I don't take it personally. I know if they pick somebody else, then there was just a better fit for some reason. Yeah, you know, I. And confident in myself as a as a dog sitter and a pet parent, so I'm not like, oh, they hate me or I'm terrible. <laughs> maybe it's just a better fit for their dog, and that's yeah. okay. Or maybe it's closer to their house, or maybe you know the price is better, or yeah. whatever. Um, I will also say, you know, I as a sitter once had an experience where I was watching a dog, and then um, the person had their tra- their travel plans got interrupted or something, and they. They had to stay longer. Mm-hmm. And so they booked a different sitter and asked me to drop the dog off for them. And I was re- – because I had somebody else coming or something oh, like okay. that. Um, and I got big red flags when I went to drop that dog off. Mm. And I had to call the sitter and say or, – or the owner and say, yeah. I don't know about this. I don't feel comfortable. Like, do you really want me to drop your dog here? I could try to find a different situation. This seems yeah. like <laughs> – Sketch. Yeah. Seems a little sketchy. Yeah. There's like too many dogs here. I don't feel great. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, they told me, go ahead, leave the dog there. But, you know, I got that vibe just showing up, not yeah. even as the dog owner. So, you know, I think trust your gut, do your research, take your time mm-hmm. and look for the person that fits your lifestyle, your needs, your yeah. dog's needs. Ask your questions and be really honest about what your dog needs because yeah. that will help you find the right fit. And that will help the, the sitter know if you were the right fit for them, because they yeah. will be able to say, you know what? I really don't feel comfortable giving your dog this medication or mm-hmm. I actually don't know if I can handle your dog on a walk like that. If yeah. they're going to behave that way or whatever. Yeah. I think I, I think that's such a good point with the whole like especially the walk. If you know your dog like pulls a ton and maybe is reactive to like strollers and other dogs and things like that. Be upfront about all of this and maybe even at the meet and greet say, can we go on a walk? Yeah. And and then see how the sitter does Absolutely. and offer some advice and things like that so they feel fully prepared and then you feel maybe a little bit more comfortable. Yeah. And, and I've done that. I've, yeah. I've had people come and it's like, okay, let's just go for a walk with the two dogs together and see how they do, you know, mm-hmm. do, the, do the parallel walk and test them out. Yeah. Or I have people come to me because I have a fenced backyard so their dog doesn't have to go on walks and we can just yeah. hang out in the yard. And that dog never has to freak out. <laughs> they can just, you know, enjoy themselves yeah. and, and we don't need to walk. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. I think, yeah. No, I think it really is, as you said, you're assuming a little bit of a risk, like with your story with the grapes. Mm-hmm. That honestly, like, 
I know you said that that was your fault, but like it could you know, have the happened. dog. Yeah. yeah, like it could have happened at any point. It could have happened even in the care of you know like the dog parent. Right. Like it, and it's just one of those fluke things. Or if your dog was running at their favorite dog park with the sitter and broke their foot or something it's like that that's not at any fault necessarily the sitters it's just that it happened while the sitter was there so i think there is a little bit of like you have to make sure mentally as a dog parent you're kind of like you know those things could happen and you have to be understanding and a little bit flexible Mm -hmm. and that is the nice thing that the insurance you Mm -hmm. know is is included and then also you have to know what your dog's needs are from what Mm -hmm. i hear you saying is like like loopy if i you know, wanted to drop him off at a sitter's and I get there and they're like, oh, yeah, we have a puppy of our own and a baby and, you know, all that like Loopy would hate it. He mm-hmm. would he he would not be OK with the chaos of the house or a puppy trying to play with him. He would he wouldn't snap, but but he'd be not Unhappy, happy about yeah. it. Yeah. Whereas Albie. <laughs> he like he's great with kids he, he's like, yeah, puppy, I'll play with a puppy. And so. Right. Yeah. And so that's like you have to know your dogs. I right. Think, too. And do all of that kind of assessment as well. Well, and it's helpful for you then to to communicate that to the sitter because, for example, a dog that I watch, have watched for years, who's, you know, <laughs> a, a dog that is frequently featured on my Instagram, who is, you know, <laughs> one that we love and is a very, she, I call her the Miss Piggy to Leonard's Kermit, right? She's obsessed <laughs> with Leonard, obsessed with Leonard, wants him all to herself. And Leonard pretends that he doesn't love it. But secretly, he likes the attention. Yes. Um. She recently got a puppy sister. And oh. they reached out and asked if I could, if I was, they said, would you be willing to watch both of them? Mm-hmm. And I said, honestly, I don't want to watch a puppy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't have it in me right now to deal with a six-month-old puppy. Mm-hmm. And they said, okay, that's fine. We'll find somebody else for right now. Yeah. Um. And and that I think was I was so appreciative that they asked because mm-hmm. when they got that puppy in my brain I was going oh no oh no oh no because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. they have a really intense dog and I the thought of dealing with that dog and a puppy and the puppy was like was was just yeah you know I love puppies I don't love living with puppies I yeah. don't know anybody who does love living with puppies <laughs> so you know I just was like I don't want to I don't want to take that on and so mm-hmm. being able to say no to that and being ha- having them be upfront with me that she's a lot right now you know I totally yeah. understand if you don't want to handle a puppy at the moment it was mm-hmm. great it was a great experience of being able to you know set my boundaries and have them respect my boundaries yeah no i think i think that completely makes sense i have two last follow-up questions sure. really quick um because you're you have given us so much information so thank you so <laughs> much marion um so what to you like advice to dog parents we've kind of already covered this as far as like vetting them and doing the meet and greet and stuff like that but what um what would be potentially like red flag, like, ooh, they're lying on their profile or, ooh, I'm not, I don't know mm-hmm. if I'm comfortable with this with, I mean, if a dog parent was going, yeah. was meeting them or saw their profile or something. So if the photos are not representative of what you see when you get there, right? Mm-hmm. If you, if you're looking through the photos that they've posted on their profile, like look for, look for profiles that have pictures of their house, that have pictures of where your dog will be. And then mm-hmm. if you get there and that's different, just like, again, just like with Airbnb, right? Yeah. If you get there and you're like, this is not what <laughs> I thought I booked. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that is something to watch out for. And, and then of course, you know, you can always ask like, it looked really different online. Why is it this way? And maybe they'll say, mm-hmm. oh, we're doing renovations or, oh, you know, yeah. I had to move or that was my old place or something. Yeah. Um, but that's definitely, I think, key to watch out for. Yeah. Um, 
if you get there and you just don't feel right about it, if there's, you know, like like when I was dropping that dog off, I got there and I, I was like, there are too many dogs here. Mm-hmm. It's just too many and they're not like they're all chaotic. It's all it doesn't feel like this it's is under control. And, this yeah. doesn't feel like a situation where the person has control. Yeah. Um, you know, trust your gut, I think. Mm-hmm. Um I think those are my two big things. Yeah. I also have to admit that I've only used Rover as a dog owner myself twice. Yeah. Um yeah. <laughs> and that's in part because I'm lucky enough to have a situation where Leonard can just pop upstairs and stay mm-hmm. with my landlords or goes and stays with friends. But so my experience as a dog owner using Rover is actually quite limited. Okay. Yeah. But no, I think those are really good. I I like what you said about the photos. I didn't think of that. And yeah, I agree. I would probably something that maybe would be a red flag for me as a dog parent just to tack on would probably be like if you can tell that they look like they don't know what they're doing and they're not honest about it like you know when there's a dog person who is just like you know easily picks up the poop and knows how to clip on the leash and Mm -hmm. you know like it's familiar with a harness and stuff like that and that's and i think it's totally fine if a dog sitter is honest on their thing and they're just like, hey, I've never had a dog before, but I would love to watch them right. and like don't have a lot of experience, but show me, you know, tell me everything about your dog and, and you know, I'm going to do my best possible. So it's I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with people who don't have experience, but if it's obvious they're just trying to make a quick buck and right. they're trying to they're lying about their expertise, right. that's that's the red flag, I think. Too. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. To be, it's fine to be a beginner. It's a great place yeah. to start as a beginner, especially for people who want experience with dogs. Yeah. Um, and I think if your dog, I always joke that Leonard is a good starter dog for people mm-hmm. who aren't used to dogs because he's so calm and he's so easygoing and yes. he walks gently and he doesn't jump and he doesn't, you know, he's just mm-hmm. like really chill. Um, if you have a dog like that, who is a good fit for somebody who's a beginner, yeah. you know, that's, that's great. If you have a more complicated animal <laughs> who needs a little bit more, you know, special treatment yeah. then maybe look for somebody who has more experience and i think the yeah. reviews really are helpful with that um you know i think like with anything online you know you have to be careful and you know kind of suss out hmm, are all these reviews written in the same voice yeah. <laughs> are all these reviews yeah. you know like written by someone with a similar name like just kind of do your do your research a little bit and and you know be thorough don't just don't just uh grab the first one that's closest to you yeah, you just have to do your due diligence a little bit on both sides. It sounds like if you want to be a sitter or if you're the dog parent looking for, you know, someone to watch your dog, just do your due diligence. And I think we've definitely covered that in our conversation. So, you know, I think basically a lot of you guys, when I asked, like, what do you want to know about Ro- Rover? There was overwhelmingly a lot of people were like, is it safe? And mm-hmm. can the reviews be trusted? And all of that. And so I think we've definitely covered a lot of that and I hope that we've eased some people's worries and um and I think yeah you can tell you can tell as a dog parent I also want to say I'm not here as a representative of Rover no 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 like (laughs) like at all um (laughs) and I and I don't want people to think that I'm like a Rover employee who's you know planted here to be like Rover is great my personal experience with Rover has been overwhelmingly good um you know like you were saying when you lived in London Mm -hmm. like you met people I have now one of my best friends in the world I used to dog sit her dog and, you know, just like have made real friendships through it and stuff. Um, I have not met any single eligible dog dads. (gasps) I've literally never had a single dog dad come board a dog with me, which is really upsetting. I know. That is upsetting. (laughs) You're like, oh, your dog can stay. So can you. What the hell? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
we have no. an extra bed. Yeah. They must be intimidated by Leonard and our, you know, our yeah. deep connection. Um, Leonard, who <laughs> left the room an hour ago and has no cares in the world. He doesn't even, he yeah. hasn't even thought about me since. No. <laughs> um, but, you know, yeah, I'm not here as a representative of Rover. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't even necessarily want to sell people on Rover. I just no, want to be just... honest about what my experience yeah. has been. Um, and, you know, for me, largely, it's fun. Mm-hmm. It is stressful, but it's it's like a manageable good stress, you know, where it's yeah. like, okay, I got to like take care of this dog and then I got to make sure these guys get walked and I got to like feed everybody and stuff. Mm-hmm. But that to me is a little bit energizing and it, you know, gives you a reason to get up. Like, God, I get terrible seasonal depression here in Seattle and having yeah. the dogs around boosts me. Mm-hmm. Like it gets me out of the house. It gets me up and doing things and, you know, it keeps me going and it's good for Leonard. I mean, yeah. it's made Leonard... Such a chill boy. He's always been really easygoing, but now, I mean, he's so well socialized. He can handle any dog. He is not, I mean, he is just totally whatever about anybody. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, he gets a little bit jealous and a little bit grumpy if we've had dogs for a long time, for a long stretch of time, which we just had. Um, dogs for about a week and a half and he was kind of like really over it that's really... why he left the room he's like yeah. i'm so a little mad at you mom yeah he gets yeah. he's it's actually funny he gets like extra affectionate after they leave for about a day um, <laughs> so you're like always like book the long one so he loves me <laughs> yeah exactly exactly it's like last night he like slept on my bed all night which he has done like six times in his entire life you know um but it's been really good for him he really enjoys it he yeah. likes having friends around he likes a lot of the dogs mm-hmm. that we have you know, he are repeat customers and he knows them really well and yeah. he has fun. Um, so, you know, I think like just be cognizant of what's working for you mm-hmm. and what isn't and and adjust accordingly. Yeah. Love it. Perfect. <laughs> we'll end on there. I think there was like one little question someone yeah. had about like what what to bring for your dog. Oh, yes. This is a great question. Okay. What was your answer? Anything that you think your dog needs to be comfortable is yes. what I tell people. Yeah. And so I have a bunch of different spots for dogs to sleep in my house. But if your dog needs its orthopedic dog bed or it mm-hmm. has a blanket that it loves or whatever, or it needs its crate. I have a yeah. crate, but if it needs its crate, bring it. Yeah. We will make it work. Um, You know, especially if you're somebody that doesn't have a dog and you're doing Rover, ask for them to bring things like your dog dishes, extra poop bags, any of that stuff. Yeah. Um, that they would use on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are watching a dog that takes medication, ask them if they can portion it out ahead of time. I have mm. a dog that comes and she takes a, three or four different pills twice a day. <laughs> and they have a pill. Um, uh, like a little day. Yeah, like thing. a little pill calendar thing. Yeah. And they separate it out for me in advance. So I don't mm-hmm. have to worry about making sure that I'm giving her the right pills at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and again, anything they think their dog needs to be comfortable. Some people yeah. have thunder shirts. Some people have, you know, a favorite toy. I do always warn people if they bring toys to my house, Leonard's going to steal it and he's yeah. going to take it and it's <laughs> going to be Leonard's for the time that your dog is here. But, um, you know, just just anything that they would use at home to ease their dog yeah. into being somewhere. Yeah. And I, I think that's a good answer. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say, like, anything your dog needs. But don't pack so many things, like don't pack all of their belongings because sometimes <laughs> there's also not space for that. Well, right. And you can and, you can work that out with the individual yeah, sitter. So ask the sitter. Ask the sitter. But yeah. I mean, you know, even when people bring stuff that I don't need, I just tuck it out of the way, you know. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I would rather, as a sitter, have too much stuff than not enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always great when people bring extra poop bags. Mm-hmm. Extra poop bags. <laughs> 
And yeah, but what I've felt so far is like extra poop bags and ideally whatever your dog thinks of as a crate. So if it's like a favorite bed Mm -hmm. or an actual crate or like this one blanket that they will always lay Mm -hmm. on or whatever, because that's been my my experience so far is like the dogs need to adjust for a while and they like to have not a while as in like a week, but a while like a day. Yeah, exactly. A day. Just like they're learning the house and stuff and they they need to have like a little retreat space. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, the podcast room is dog dog room. (laughs) And so so I usually put them in here and I have a little spot and everything. But it's nice when they have come with like the crate or the bed or whatever that they can just like go into and like decompress if they yeah. need to. And, yeah. and again, some dogs need that and some dogs don't. Like I just watched a, a lab yeah. for the first time who was like, you are my safe space and yeah. I'm going to be in your lap for a week <laughs> and a half. And I was like, this is great. I love this. And yeah. Leonard was just glaring at us from across the room. <laughs> but, you know, it. she she came with her leash and poop bags and her food and that was it. And, and she was, didn't need yeah. anything else and she was perfectly happy. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I have other dogs who come and they've got their cozy cave and they've got their treats and their toys mm-hmm. and, their, you know, everything that they need. Yeah. Um, and that works too. Yes. Perfect. Good <laughs> answers. Okay, cool. Whew. I think we got through all of the questions. You answered everything great. Yes. Thank you, Marianne. Your first podcast. My first podcast. Yeah, you did great. Ugh, I'm a natural. <laughs> you know... Listen, I don't think there is ever any danger of me not talking enough. I am a youngest child, I am an East Coaster, and I am a Gemini. So it's like a triple threat here. You couldn't shut me up if you wanted to. Perfect. That's what we need. That's what we need for the podcast. So I love it. Um, If people want to follow Leonard on Instagram, where can they follow him? Um, He is at when life gives you Leonard's. Perfect. And um, it's spelled L-E-O-N-A-R-D-S, Leonard's. And uh, yeah, we are we're goofy, we're snarky. It's <laughs> a lot of just grumpy looking Leonard and uh, hopefully it's enjoyable. <laughs> yes, everyone definitely go and follow them because Leonard's personality is is hilarious. And and the way that you yeah, that snarky sarcasm sometimes that you like tease him about it is on the Instagram is it's so good. It's so good. We have a very so. weird like old married couple mother son relationship. We're kind of like Lucille Bluth and Buster. It's not healthy, but you know, it's, it works. It is what it is. It works. Yeah. Um well, awesome. Thank you again, Marion. This has been great. Uh, if anyone wants to follow the podcast, it's at With a Dog Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and With a Dog Pod on TikTok. We have new episodes every Wednesday and would love it if you left a review or rating on Apple or Spotify. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. All content on the With a Dog podcast is for informational and comedic purposes only. It should not replace professional advice, treatment, or diagnosis by a certified veterinarian, trainer, or behaviorist.